I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where each and every day I bring on new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Paul Pruitt on the line, and he is the principal and founder over at New School Consulting. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate it. Excited to be speaking with you. So I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at New School Consulting and how you're helping your clients. But before we do that, let's get a little bit more in your background. So how did you get started in business and as an entrepreneur? Well, great question. I think like a lot of people in our industry, I sort of uh, backed into it. I was a political science uh, student in college, worked on a few congressional campaigns, which of course is a Perfect lead into a life in the hospitality industry. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, like a lot of people, you know, restaurants was a, a side hustle during college, beer money and fun money and whatever else. And, you know, I think for a lot of people in this industry, you kind of get that bug and you almost don't even understand why. And then you wake up, you know, five, 10, 40 years later and that becomes your life. And, such was the case with me, and um, yeah, I'd worked for a few restaurant groups throughout college, um, one of which uh, was, uh, you know, rapidly expanding and asked me to come on board and help them um, as a manager, and even at the time, I think I had some trepidations and thought, well, this would be fun for a year or two and save some money, and then, as I mentioned, I'm that guy who wakes up in their mid-40s and um not even entirely sure, you know, how this very nonlinear path led me to here, but it's been an amazing journey. And since then, um, spent most of my career back east um, in corporate restaurant operations, namely, or uh, most notably for Jose Andres, that was his director of restaurants um, over his restaurant group in D.C., uh, director of restaurants for Stephen Starr in Philadelphia, and then director of operations for BLT Restaurant Group in New York and led a lot of their um, international um, expansion. And that actually brought me out to L.A. where I am now. That's awesome. Um, so I, I, lo I love the story because it, it, it in all of our careers, you know, and whether you're an entrepreneur, you start out working for somebody. I mean, obviously, there's always going to be these zigs and zags and kind of finding your niche in your place. Now, um, that being said, there's some younger maybe just graduated college people that are kind of still trying to find their way out there. And now, you know, you've been in the workforce for quite some time um, relative to them, of course. Uh, hindsight being 2020, if you could give them some, you know, tips of advice on, on their career path, what kind of things would you tell them? Yeah, that's a really great question. I mean, it's, I have to say, you know, on that very specific, um, you know, uh, notion of people just finishing college, for example, you know, this industry, um, I think for a lot of people, probably post 35 years of age um, was something that a lot of people ended up doing by default or because, you know, it was a path of least resistance or they didn't have better options. Uh, and I, I think what I find most, um, you know, shocking and um, gratifying is to see just how many people are, you know, well-educated for sometimes um, you know, post-grad degrees 
and wanting to enter the restaurant industry, which is, mm. you know, almost disorientating for me. And, um, and also I think again, you know, uh, gratifying and, um, you know, uh, I think it's, you know, the, the industry itself has never been, um, you know, had a broader, uh, talent pool. I mean, I've got, I've got, you know, MBA grads consistently reaching out to my company new school and wanting to, you know, get into the hospitality industry, work my company, et cetera, which is again, mind blowing when you consider that again, probably 90% of the people in our industry over the age of, I'll say 35 probably have, you know, at best a high school diploma. And now you've got, you know, um, you know, again, post-grad students reaching out, wanting to be involved. Um, and so the, the industry has certainly changed. And I think, you know, I, th- I would say that, you know, the advice I probably provide the most often to people looking at um, the hospitality industry specifically is, is to be open to the fact that, and I, I think most of my people or most of my friends who have found success in their relative careers, you know, this very hyper linear path, you know, where everything lines up perfectly. I think it's nice to have that as a, as a broad outline, but being very comfortable um, with, you know, the pivots that life and opportunity brings your way. And, you know, to think again in my mid forties that I'm literally living my dream, doing everything that I enjoy doing, traveling, um, creating, um, you know, uh, helping people, uh, you know, creating new businesses. I would have never, I couldn't have fathomed when I got into this industry again, um, you know, after college that it would have, that this would have brought everything that I, you know, had aspired for at that time, which I thought I would have to go into government or, um, you know, looking at writing and a lot of other industries that just seemed more um, pragmatic for the ambitions I had. You know, at the time, restaurant industry, again, was just, this was pre-Top Chef, pre, you know, Anthony Bourdain. This was, you know, it was, it was a very different industry. And here I am, you know, so many years later, owning restaurants, owning my own company, getting to travel the world on other people's dimes and do exciting projects and meet exciting people. And, um, but had I, you know, stuck to this very regimented and, you know, nuanced um, outline of a uh, career path, it's, you know, I, I think I would have shortchanged myself on a lot of great experiences. That's awesome. Um, let's switch it up a bit. I want to get more into what you're doing uh, over at New School Consulting. So what kind of clients are you typically helping and what kind of things are you helping them accomplish? Yeah, I, um, when I started New School, I think, you know, um, I think the industry and consulting as a whole has sort of become more accepted over the last year or two. I think when I started New School, which was around seven years ago, it was, I think the idea of being a consultant in our industry um, was, you know, a, a not the sexiest or, you know, the um, most idyllic term for what I was looking at. In as much as, frankly, most people in our industry who say they're consultants are usually unemployed and it's just code for a lot of, um, you know, uh, non-favorable, uh, you know, connotations. So, mm-hmm. um I think what was exciting, though, for me is I looked around, um, you know, and aside from the fact that in my professional career, all I was doing was making rich people richer, and I was the one bleeding for these restaurants and 
spending time on planes and staring at spreadsheets and on Skypes. And um, meanwhile, you know, uh, the guy at the head of the table or girl in a few occasions were the one that was benefiting handsomely, as they should. You know, they, they're the ones mm-hmm. that ponied up the money. They hired me. I did my job. But at some point you realize, and, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of, uh, you know, smart people in my life who nudged me towards consulting. And so, you know, where it really led me where I am today is, um, you know, I think it's a both, a, a, you know, a, a pro and a con. Sadly, I'm still probably making rich people richer. Um, and I think it's, it's a bit more on a, you know, uh, contractual basis. At least I feel that I have a, a, a better and different seat at the table. I get to be more selective about the project and the people that I get to work with. And I think what was exciting with new school is, um, you know, is again, I feel like we're Tom Brady, but we get to play for a different NFL team every week. You know, we're not beholden to the Patriots. Um, mm. And um, and that's exciting. And so what I think, you know, what I think with working with the larger corporations, what it's really afforded us to do, and again, back to my point about some chagrin about still making rich people richer, is um, in some way they've almost subsidized our, ability to work with, you know, the mom and pops and the, the little guys, so to speak, which in some bizarre way, I feel like is a bit of philanthropy. I mean, there are plenty of people who reach out, you know, and I tell them candidly, I don't think that maybe you don't need a consultant or maybe, you know, new school isn't the best for their budget. Um, but then I just give them free advice or maybe, you know, I'll work with them for a week or two and hopefully um, steer them in the right direction. Again, subsidized by the fact that we've got these, um, you know, these deeper pockets, uh, creating, um, other opportunities for our company. Man, I love that. And so it's, I mean, all around, it sounds like you have a pretty fulfilling business going. So you get to work with the big guys, you get to work with the medium, you get to do what you can, um, for maybe the smaller companies here and there when you can. Um, that's great. I love it. It's a great story. And I love the idea of, I mean, I've always, in my, like, lack of um, understanding of the hospitality industry. I always wondered why, um, and you just now mentioned something that kind of actually just answered my question, which is why the, why the failure rate in restaurants and hospitality is so yeah. high. And, and it makes sense. Well, if you have people starting it that don't know what they're doing, imagine that same thing in any other business. And yeah. where people would think it was crazy or ridiculous, and especially when you when the the percentage of failure is so high, it's like why would somebody not have a consultant or the correct model or have the professionals in yeah. like any other business? And people would think you were nuts to do. It. If you're starting a tax practice, you don't just put a shingle and say, "Hey, yep, I do taxes." <laughs> no, yeah, that's not. Yeah. Everybody would say, "What are you talking about? That's ridiculous. Why would you do that? Like, well, how? What's your marketing yeah. going to look like? What's your theme? What's your what kind of clientele are you going after? What's your business model?" But um, in restaurants, historically, for the smaller, non-big, you know, companies, it's like somebody's passion project, or they're like, oh, well, I've always liked to cook, or I've always liked to. So they start piecing these things together without a consultant, and you wonder why they fail. Yeah. Because you don't know how to run a restaurant business. <laughs> exactly. It's so well said. I I, I think that. So of course, I ask myself this all the time. I mean, I, I feel like a doctor in a sense that, you know, were there no maladies and illness in the world, doctors would be unemployed. So they're, they almost, you know, their livelihood is almost based on the fact that people don't take care of themselves or the world's filled with, you know, mm-hmm. illness. And, you know, as much as it sincerely, literally breaks my heart when I see somebody's oh, well-invested money – 
there is there are a few things in this universe that that just stop me in my tracks and ping my heart. Then when I see, you know, a husband and wife or a few partners, they just opened their new restaurant. It's Friday night and there's three tables at eight o'clock. And I just, I, I just, that there's no pain or no words to describe that. That being said, back to your point, like what the heck were you thinking? Um, you know, when I look at a lot of, you know, when I look at the failure rate, I would say, you know, to be honest, there are, sometimes it's just the universe, it's the economy, it's things that, you know, um, you just can't control. And to be honest, I tell all of our clients before we, you know, jump into this relationship, any client who tells you that they are consultant, that they can guarantee you success, you should sprint in the opposite direction because they're lying through their teeth. All oh, for sure, for you, sure. Yeah. Exactly. And so what we do say is what I can guarantee you is that if we don't win, it won't be because of anything preventable. I will guarantee you that we'll have good service, that hot food will be hot, cold food will be cold, et cetera. Beyond that, you know, sometimes you don't know. There are great restaurants all the time. Yeah, and there are uh, crappy restaurants that seem to defy logic and they last for 30 years and you you don't quite understand why. And um, sorry to cut you off, but just to finish the the earlier thought and, you know, why, what the heck are these people thinking? And I realized there's just a certain level of hubris that exists with restaurant owners where they're, you know, and, and I think beyond just, you know, basic hubris, I think, you know, and I've, of course, thought about this a lot. And I realized that, you know, everybody has been in restaurants their entire life, whether it was just as a diner, walking by them, you know, hearing about them, maybe working in a restaurant. And I think there's something I mean, you look around and the algorithm seems pretty obvious, right? Okay, you, you know, um, you create food, um, you have a computer system, somebody takes an order, you punch it in the computer system, and somebody brings that food out. Well, my wife's a great cook and, you know, computers, I'm great with computers and, you know, all I have to do is be friendly and, and you just start thinking about it. You start like, well, why can't this, you know, this is pretty simple, you know, you know, and so I think there's a comfortability <laughs> and a familiarity, you know. And then fortunately, what they don't understand and where the most of them fail is, number one, they forget, like, yes, it's got this social component and it seems fun and sexy and it's just food and smiles and all of this, but it's still a business. And the same, you know, those empirical sort of, you know, um, principles that drive any smart business, the ones that you were mentioning earlier, spot on. And, you know, those still have to apply. One plus one still has to equal two. And, um the amount of people who reach out to us and they're, you know, they're, they're stalled out pre-opening and they're like, Hey, um, can you help us? And then we, we get paid even more money and spend even more of their time having to undo and go backwards. And I'm like, you know, you were smart enough that you did something in right, something right in your life that you were able to put a few hundred thousand or a few million in your bank account to invest in a restaurant. How are you not smart enough to think that why, you know, why didn't you reach out to us, my God, eight months ago? We could have saved you so much time or money. Um, and But, again, I think it's just there's this familiarity that people have with restaurants, not to mention the industry just it tends to attract people with just stubborn hubris. I have, there's no other way to put it. The restaurant industry, everybody, they want everything yesterday. Um, they, are, they tend to be a bit more irreverent. A lot of things that just, frankly, don't make up for good business owners, you know, um, so, yeah, I think and I, I do think that's simple I and mean, beyond, again, those things that you just can't control. That's awesome. Um, so if somebody's listening to this and they want uh, more information, uh, Paul, what's the best way for them to reach out? 
Um, yeah, thank you. So they can um, email the company, um, which is probably the best way because I've got a great team and somebody can get to it um, quicker or the quickest, which would be hi at newschool.la. Awesome. Um, well, hey, Paul, really appreciate you coming on the show today and uh, sharing more about your background and all the great work you're doing uh, over at New School Consulting. And uh, to the audience, as always, really appreciate you tuning in. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, Paul, thanks again for coming on the show.